0: Thanks to our sponsor, Ecotricity. Ecotricity is New Zealand's only carbon zero certified electricity retailer. They offset all emissions sourced from wind, hydro and solar. Find out more at ecotricity.co.nz Hello and welcome to a special episode of how to save the world my name is tim bat
1: and i'm Waveny Wharf, a special version of me
0: yeah we're both special today we're our happiest selves because we decided to embark today on a new kind of episode that we want to do regularly down the track maybe once every sort of 10 or so eps we'll yeah see. yeah um but obviously a big focus for us with this podcast is speaking the truth getting the facts out there giving you a good realistic picture of what's actually happening on the planet with all our separate systems and how they intersect but we also want to empower people and get people to feel like they can affect change and not be paralyzed by the totality of of the bad stuff that's happening how do we do that well we decided to do a good news episode because I think it's really important for us to remind ourselves that there have been some huge sustainability and ecological wins in our past, but we've actually managed to solve problems in the past. I mean, the big the big thing that I'm thinking of is climate change. Everyone sort of thinks it's this big intractable problem. We've got a lot of science. We've got a lot of technology. We've got a lot of smart people. And we've got a track record of being able to fix some of these things. In the genesis of this was that I was uh, hosting an event for um, a really great, uh, she's a science communicator. She's like a journalist and a writer. Alana Mitchell is her name. She's Canadian. Um, She wrote a book called Seasick. I think the subtitle is Global Ocean in Crisis. She wrote it in 2009. I read it ahead of the talk because I was just sort of like hosting it and she did the big like TED style talk. And it, reads like it was written this year super relevant stuff she goes through and sort of breaks down um all of the systems that are failing in the ocean as a result of um human activity and climate change Mm -hmm. and all the things we're putting in the air and super depressing real grim stuff (laughs) and we got to the end of the hour and it was like you know really great information but i just thought that it reminded me of how important it is for us to remind ourselves that we're not helpless in this; we can affect change.
1: I think it is a really cool thing to focus on, and it's like it's like we've got um, all of the tools in the toolkit, but sometimes we misplace that toolkit because it's such a dark and stormy day, I guess. But I, I feel like we, I feel Tim that our intention has been to be positive, yes, every episode, but we. I think we've really, like some of these episodes, like the palm oil one, the clothing one particularly, I think was pretty, um, well, there's just so much going on that we we wanted to communicate. That isn't great. In yes. order to give people a real context, like this is really why it does matter. Yeah. Uh, and, and that context is great. But there's that whole psychology, eh? We were talking about it before, of like for every one negative thing you say you're supposed to say like 16 positive things yeah yeah. so we've kind of turned that around quite dramatically
0: (laughs) (laughs) so in an effort to right the ship yeah we're dedicating this whole episode to just talking about just a couple
1: yeah just a a few
0: stories of positive stuff that we've managed to do because i yeah and it just it should serve as a metaphor that we totally have it in our ability to make huge changes when we need to do it Mm. um so Wave do you want to kick off What's What's one of the, the yes, big got, wins we've, that we've had We've got
1: three things haven't mm-hmm. we I've got two you've got one yep. So we're going to ping pong it Yeah Alright well because this is the first time we've done it I don't know if mine fits neatly into the category But what it is Is the Colmar Brunton Better Futures Report for 2019 Have you heard of it?
0: You've told me oh, yeah, I know. on this podcast. I'm, I'm, this, you talk about you being a <laughs> geek. Oh,
1: my gosh. I'm such a geek with this stuff. Um, I happen to love, this is my favorite report. Uh, it's a Colmar Brunton's New Zealand what are they called?
0: Like a polling company. Yes, polling company.
1: company. They do it for government and everything. And um, any New Zealander worth their salt would have heard of them. Um, and it's, They're the
0: company that spits out most articles you read in the papers. Yeah. Just yeah. If there's a statistic involved, yeah. then
1: these are the guys. Yeah. Um, and they've, on their own back, have decided to put out a report. I think they've been doing it for at least five years, around... Uh, Consumers and sustainability and business basically and just tracking what is going on, what are our attitudes in order to give businesses the opportunities to really mesh in with where people are at. Uh, <laughs> really cool uh, irrelevant statistic for now but um, it did amuse me um, to see that it's uh, women that are more likely to um, be more sustainably minded and Maori, um, oh, refugees and migrants, um, basically kind of everyone apart from that white middle class male I mean, it's like everybody else all around it <laughs> Um, Story of my life. So yeah, statistics. It's a pretty interesting thing. And I'm the reason I'm putting it here in our good news segment is because for the first time New Zealanders have kind of tipped over this balancing point and more than half of us now have a high level of concern for climate change. Which is huge, um, and the other thing is—I mean, it's all through this report. It's—it's it's like we've, the statistics are just through the roof in terms of how quickly. I don't we. mean to
0: shoot holes too early, but it is so funny to me that your good news is that we're all freaking out about climate change. <laughs> oh
1: no! Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes, I see the issue there.
0: No, no, no. it is a good thing. This okay, is how good about news. how about
1: this one? In the last twelve months, this is an amazing statistic. In the last twelve months, we've had a twelve percent jump. And the number of New Zealanders that are saying that they're highly committed to living sustainable lifestyles—that's
0: really big.
1: That's huge. Yeah, that a, a percent jump. jump, and that's from thirty to forty-two. So that's even getting close to fifty percent.
0: Yeah, see that. So that's actually that—that's not by twelve percent. That's twelve percent more. So as a <laughs> if you want to drill uh, into it, as a percentage, it's like a third more. We should have a little. It's a third more people. We should
1: have a little emblem that mm. like represents the geek. And we could pass it to each other. Yeah. Right now we need to be... make it
0: a sound, though, wouldn't we? For it To work on the potty.
1: Yeah. yeah good point. Woo! Nerd you, alert! You've definitely got it in your corner at the moment.
0: Love math.
1: Um. Yeah. So, I. Yeah. That was my good news. and That's fantastic. I, yeah. Basically, I can elaborate on that report. Please. Well, really? Because I was going to say. Go on. Just a point or two. Oh, now that you've pointed out that my good news is about how much people are freaking out, I realise that some of the other things I have to say are along those no, lines. No, it's
0: good. Don't don't let my uh, glib jokes derail this very good news. Because <laughs> the reality is, the thing is happening. Either yeah. way. Yeah. So it is incredibly good that more people are mm. cognizant mm. of it and mm. starting to take action.
1: Given given one of our human traits is about just wanting to be with the pack. Yeah. That that that's why I see this as good news because that's what we need. We need to be with the pack. And oh great, the pack's now over the line and it gives us all permission to yes. or oh, classic is using our own shopping bags. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew that was a good thing to do and it wasn't until bang we hit that point and a bit of legislation helped. No, oh, I just Almost overnight, we're all happily doing it. Yeah. It's just no big deal. And you think, gosh, why couldn't we do that over the last 10 years? Well, we're all thinking about it and all forgetting about it. And it's just because we weren't all doing it. Yeah. So that's that's why I said it's good news. But um, So the hot topics that they identified in the report are, our, in, in terms of the things that um, we care about and the things that are motivating us towards change, as uh, plastic and the environment, mm-hmm. state of our waterways, and climate change. Um, and there's a huge momentum. This isn't in terms of what they've surveyed. It's more on what they've observed. There's this huge momentum gr- growing around climate change action. Cool. Um, a- again, it's, it's something that's becoming normalized. Uh, there's avenues now that people can be um, voting on or um, joining groups on, making submissions. Um, there's there's just a lot happening in that space. Mm. Um, and actually, this is... The last thing I'm going to say about this report is that – and this was just out of interest actually more than anything – is that they they always ask people – it's an open question I think or maybe it's just a big list of factors um, and they ask people what is the the number one thing that you have deep concern for and it can be anything uh, on a society level. Right. And uh, typically, the things that take it out would be things like cost of living or violence in society, things like that. Uh, and this year was the first time that an environmental concern ever took it out as our number one concern. And 72% of New Zealanders say that buildup of plastic in the environment is their number one concern. Wow. Now, hang on. Oh, Tim, oh, you'll have to help me with the statistic. Okay. How does that work? Because the next one is... Look at that. The next one is sixty eight percent, sixty seven, sixty
0: seven. Um, it just means that it's not it's uh it's like a multi choice yep. test. Yeah. Right. That's all that. Are you? Is the concern so, that it's not adding up to a hundred? Yeah yeah, 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 <laughs> So I get. So I guess what it is is people are probably saying among your top concerns. I'm assuming, or like you know, pick your. Top oh, five like they got to pick more than it. one. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, okay. Exactly. Yep. But that still means that cumulatively, <clears throat> this it it's is still in the number one, one it's spot as right. buildup yeah. of plastic yeah. in the environment. Yeah. So the question was beyond the Beyond the environment and the cost of living, we also express deep concern for our most vulnerable. That's not the question. Oh, that's just a that's statement. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll give you a yeah. paperback. You know how to read these things. But that is, um, that's a hu- it looks like a huge change as well, year on year. Like, mm. That's, mm. that's massive movement.
1: Yeah, huge, huge. And so, you know how I said before about that we're increasingly committed to living sustainable lifestyles? Mm. the Actually, it'd be interesting. I always do this to you. I don't know if you enjoy it or not. I want you to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what, <laughs> uh, uh, what, you guess
0: if I enjoy the guessing. Yeah, I
1: don't think you do. No, maybe I'll just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, there's, so there's two keystone behaviors that have really changed in this last year in terms of um, what people are doing. Actually doing. Just you know, We say that we're committed to the environment, but in terms of en masse, we've changed two things.
0: I want to have a run at this. Okay,
1: good. Go. Uh, on. Is
0: one of them like diet, how we're eating? Yes. And one of them is, I don't know, plastic straws? No. <laughs> it's probably related. Oh,
1: you got the hard one and missed the easy one. What's the um, easy one? Uh, that we've all started using our shopping bags over the last year. Oh, gotcha. Because that was the. the look we have at that. To. It's, it is, yeah, exactly. There was a law change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It jumped from, I was hanging around 20%, mm-hmm. uh, and then it jumped up to 84% last year. Awesome. And then, yeah, the other one is the trend towards plant-based diets.
0: That's me. Yeah, I'm that's, in that group.
1: You are. You actually, look, that's you there. You're statistically represented in that bar.
0: I am a number.
1: It used to be, well, actually, it's been growing from, say, 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18. Take us through some of the numbers. What was it's it in 2014? Been, it started on 4%. Then it was 5 Oh, and this is a percentage of... People? People. What who, is it right now? Who mostly, oh, sorry, it says who always or mostly go meat-free. Mm-hmm. Um. So it was used to be 4%, then 5%, then 6%. Then last, or well, 2017, it was we jumped up to 7%. And in 2018,
0: it was 10%. 10% from 4% in 2014. Yes. So it's doubled. The amount of people who are doing it has over-doubled. In the that last four years. Awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's huge. That's
0: a way bigger number than I thought as well. One in 10 people in New Zealand are eating.
1: Uh, always or mostly meat free.
0: Plant based diets. Mm, mm. Or meat, yeah. Oh, that's not exactly the same as That's it? It's more vegetarian. But that is, mm. um, yep. you know, for a country that is. Economy is built on beef and dairy and lamb. Dairy and and lamb. lamb. Yep. That's huge. Mm. Yeah. Look out, Fonterra. Change your business model. So are coming a, for you. Do I get
1: a pass for that, for my good news?
0: Absolutely. It's tremendous oh, news. I like this, Tim. I'm this feeling is good all thing, happy, isn't actually. I'm maybe really... we should do a little one of these in each episode. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe we'll just <laughs> generally try and be more positive people.
0: Maybe. So my one's kind of very different from yours. And it's an interesting one because, so I'm, I'm 31 years old, and people who are roughly my age will have probably the same perception of this issue that I did which is like oh yeah what the hell was up with that thing acid rain oh yeah (laughs) Do you remember that? It was so retro. So, acid rain was this interesting phenomenon which culturally was really talked about and big. And, like, I remember there's a Simpsons gag where Homer's jacket dissolves off his back because of acid rain. It's really big in the early 90s and the 80s. Um, it was a huge concern in the 70s and 80s. It's been. Uh, when
1: a- to what? With your age, can you remember that? Uh, no, so just,
0: so I I would have been like ten okay. you know in the early so so you, 19- you do you do oh, remember
1: wait. it but it was very you were very young yeah yeah okay.
0: I was born in eighty seven okay. so I was like ten years old yeah. in ninety seven so so uh, this the thing I've kind of had got this vague awareness of it from my childhood but I remember it looming very large of mm. it being kind of this big weird thing that mm. people talked about and then suddenly. I haven't heard of it in fifteen years. No, this is I've really interesting.
1: Tell me, because so, I'm the same. I'm like, yeah, so, we used to talk about that, and now yeah, yeah, we don't.
0: Exactly. So, um, and it's the same with the ozone layer, which yeah. I, I could have done as well. Uh, the short story is, it feels like we kind of fixed it by banning these the things called CFCs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Freon was the, I think that's like the trademark name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they found out it was destroying the ozone layer, and then they banned it, and then the ozone, the hole in the ozone layer closed up. So it's like that's. That's a real succinct one. So acid Let's rain. Let's get a
1: scientist in to verify some of that. I
0: watched some videos on it oh, by apologies, scientists. apologies. I can tell you what ozone is too. It's three O3. atoms of <laughs> oxygen. Pass there go. geeky thing. Uh, oh, well, this is very, we're about to get very geeky. So acid rain. What was it? It was this thing that's actually been happening since the industrial revolution. And it's mainly when you burn a whole bunch of coal and sulfur and uh nitrogen in huge quantities gets put into the air and when it mixes with um things that are in the air and with water vapor uh and in those high concentrations it creates nitric and sulfuric acid and so what was happening and they um first started detecting it after doing some scientific experiments in the 60s and 70s is there were these huge concentrations of um Acidic precipitation, which is rain or snow or sleet or hail falling down and having some nightmarish effects, it was stripping trees.
1: I remember like that was stripping I,
0: whole forests. I'm,
1: this is coming out of some very <laughs> early. I remember these images of just the brown trees. Yeah, and, yeah.
0: And the other thing that it was doing is it was killing waterways. So there were these lakes. I was reading this interesting article. Um, where a guy kind of gave this first-hand account of dropping a mug when he was on a canoe as a child in the 80s down a lake in Canada and watching it fall all the way to the bottom because it was crystal clear, which you think means it's beautiful water, but it was Mm. because it was completely devoid of life Uh because it was around this time of huge acidification of these water bodies because of acid rain. So there was all of this bad shit being thrown up into the air because of industrialization, um, coal being burned A lot of it was coming from cars as well Before we had catalytic converters on cars Pores? Yes
1: Is that something to do with lead Or, or is it something else? I, do, I don't think so
0: But I'm not a scientist I don't think it was to do with Lead might be part of the solution There might be what's in no, catalytic no, we've converter No, ban, no, we've
1: banned lead in the petrol
0: Oh, okay Oh, maybe like
1: unleaded It used there, to just be
0: There might be I think there it might a be a separate thing, thing okay. From acid rain Yeah Okay um,
1: also, there's a there's a feature on in cars now. Yeah, that we cat- didn't used to have
0: catalytic converters, which for, I remember because my dad is an old automotive mechanic. Like that's what he cool. originally trained to do, and he's loved cars his whole life. I remember him talking to me as a kid about the importance of catalytic converters? Well,
1: because cool. it like
0: yeah, and there's basically the scrubbers on an industrial scale that got put on factories as well, which had the same effect of basically capturing all of these bad things before before they went to the atmosphere. So, yeah, what was happening is um, this acidification of all of these huge water bodies, which people were getting super concerned about. Um, it was it was killing all the fish. It was killing all the microorganisms. They did So this is a little bit of a side story. This is the geek of me coming out. But they did a bunch of experiments to try and figure out what the heck was going on. Because scientists originally were super baffled by the phenomenon. They didn't really know what was causing it or what was up, but they just knew it was very bad. So they ran some experiments starting in the 60s where they... Um, Acidified if that's a word Mm. They made more acidic Some huge bodies of water themselves To observe it And uh, there was one I was reading about In particular where they got a lake Made it as acidic as they possibly could So they could observe the effects Of what happens alongside monitoring Its pH So pH is the level of acidity Um, uh, It goes from 0 to 14 14 is incredibly alkaline 0 is the most acidic 7 is neutral Water is – it's different if it's in the ocean or a clean body of water, but it's about 6.8. So it's close to neutral, but slightly more acidic than neutral. So they were trying to, like, bring this lake down to about 5, so it's quite acidic and see what happens. And they just kept dumping acid in there. And they did all the math. They knew how much to expect Mm. um, to put it in to change the uh, pH level of the lake. And it wasn't happening. It was, like – They ran out of acid trying to do it. And they were going, what the hell is going on here? They deduced from that, the scientific team in the 60s, that there were microorganisms which were essentially eating. There was bacteria eating the acid. And from that, they managed to figure out that these lakes had this incredible natural defense against their own acidification. So this acid rain phenomenon had a solution which was, a totally natural one. There were living organisms in the lake that could repair them mm. if we could give it the chance to do it. And so th- these findings, like coupled with a lot of other scientific findings at the time, um, led to legislation. There was a huge amount of money put into researching this. Uh, it was actually the most comprehensive study, I think, scientific study ever, which was kicked off by the um, Jimmy Carter, was president in 1980 and then reagan who came along after him actually upped the amount of money they were spending which seems crazy if you kind of you know mm. based on the perception of mm, what reagan mm, did mm. um so he raised the annual budget to a hundred million dollars of of 1982 dollars to this program called the national acid precipitation assessment program and part of the reason why they got so riled up about it and dedicated so much money to figuring it out is because it was having like um, international relations scuffles. So the yeah, States it goes states over and the border. Can- That's the yeah, thing, right? Yeah, because it's going into the atmosphere essentially in cloud form yeah. and travelling everywhere. So the states were pointing their finger at Canada, going, "Your uh, coal, yeah." burning plants and i think it was ontario are floating over here and destroying forests in that northern bit of the united states so they (laughs) looked into it and it turns out that was kind of true but the united states was pushing way more of this bad shit into canada so they actually had this a series of bilateral negotiations and ended up signing some joint legislation and um, managed to sign this pact between the United States and Canada, which in, from memory was like eventually signed in 1990, to ban a whole bunch of stuff going into the air. And uh, they amended the Clean Air Act, which I think was originally signed in 1960, and they made a, bu- a bunch of changes to it. And they literally solved this problem Brilliant. of acid rain.
1: Did it take time? Like how long did the stuff stay in the atmosphere Well, before?
0: this is, okay, so this is really interesting. And this is something that gives me a lot of hope. I just want to make sure I've got the um,
1: the, hope the right. bit in
0: front of me. I don't have the exact time frame, but this is from the Environmental Defense Foundation. And I'll, I'll chuck a link to this um, page that I got it from in the show notes. So this is directly from them. Uh, Sulfur emissions went down faster than predicted and at one-fourth of the projected cost. Since its launch, cap and trade for acid rain has been regarded regarded widely as effective at solving the problem in a flexible, innovative way. So they had a cap and trade program where you basically just go this is the maximum amount of pollute, of this kind of pollutant we're allowed in the air and companies within each other can buy and sell credits if they really need them and then over time you bring down that ceiling of the mm. total amount and it worked way better and faster and cheaper than they were expecting to solve this problem awesome um, which just made me think cuz there's all these results that always come out where scientists are freaking out particularly at the moment around the rate that the ice shelves are melting because it's a lot yep. faster than predicted yep. that variance in scientific um prediction goes both ways so and True. It, yeah so if we just start just, yeah. doing stuff mm. we're probably going to have some really unexpected huge wins awesome stuff where True. things are going to yeah. happen quicker yep. and cheaper and better mm. than we anticipated mm. because mm. of we don't Know how all of these systems interact. Very well, well,
1: and but we do know that that just everything's connected, and yeah. that, like, that's where some cool winds come in.
0: And if you leave stuff alone <laughs> in nature, generally yeah, it's yeah. phenomenal at fixing itself. Oh, so very
1: cool. I've got a burning question. Oh, yeah, you sound like you've got more.
0: Well, just two little yes, things. Yes. Firstly, sadly, the problem hasn't been completely solved, it was like almost completely well, it has almost completely been solved in the United States and in Canada. Um, sadly, it still persists in China, particularly at the moment because of their booming economy, huge population, and the fact that they've got slightly more sulfuric coal okay. um, than normal. And in Russia as well, because both those countries have pretty poor um, regulations. And the other thing that it, yeah, it doesn't really matter actually. It was, but it's it's a huge success story <laughs> in terms of like yeah, a big huge. environmental problem. Yeah, I love that it. That was so looming large over yeah. everyone. They researched it changed some laws and fixed it and now we don't even think about
1: it yeah it's awesome well you actually answered my burning question because it was like those are just two countries what about the rest of the world but so yeah what about the rest of the world all of the other countries that are industrialized uh like all of africa south america do you know
0: so china and russia are the ones that get mentioned the most um because I imagine they've got the largest the coal reserves. Oh, that's right?
1: right. It's just coal.
0: Well, that's what a huge amount of the problem is, yeah.
1: So if countries are running their factories and stuff based on different power sources. And, so and like, this is the good yeah. news about
0: that, Like particularly with China. China are crazy for solar panels and have been for the last True. few years. Like They're mm. producing more solar panels than anywhere else on the planet. And because they've got this authoritarian infrastructure, if they decide to focus on something, yeah, they can have this massive scale so they get these all these benefits that accrue by producing stuff at scale that things are really cheap on an individual level if you're making a billion Mm. of them you know (laughs) and that's kind of what they're doing with solar at the moment so um there will be a natural conclusion to this globally because coal is Mm. is over time just a way less attractive option Mm. Mm. than solar is becoming Mm. for energy generation so even in the places where it's still an issue now, I think it won't be for that much longer because of that reason. Love it. Mm. Mm.
1: Happy a nerdy vibe.
0: approach to acid rain. But yeah, crazy, eh? Because it was just like this thing everyone talked about for ages and no one's thought about it for, for a long time.
1: This episode is brought to you by Ecotricity, New Zealand's only power company that's 100% renewable and carbon zero certified. It's Ecotricity's mission to provide Kiwi homes and businesses with 100% pure renewable power. By choosing Ecotricity, you're supporting the development of new renewable energy, improving New Zealand's economy can grow without costing the earth. Find out more and sign up at ecotricity.co.nz. So, Wave, Okay. what is your third one? Taking us home on number three, um, my third cool thing is uh, Happen Films. Oh, yes. Mm, so these guys, uh, if you're already, this is actually kind of, oh, I was going to say the acid test. It must have just been in my <laughs> head for some reason. This is like uh, the acid test to see if you're already in the green bubble or not, I think. Because if you are, you would probably have heard of these guys. They're pretty huge. You've got over hundred, like 122,000 followers on Facebook. Um, it's two people, um, primarily uh, Jordan Osmond and Antoinette Wilson He's Aussie, she's Kiwi um, They're New Zealand based at the moment uh, And they uh, create stories uh, They call it Stories for a Changing World And they're all solution-focused documentaries And they're all inspiring and hopeful And you can go onto their website and see they all beautifully made Like They are a true pleasure to, to behold um, they've got on their website they've got a range of like really nice clickable short filmy Little type stuff yeah um, they've often got new content um, and then through two feature films they've actually done two feature films um, their latest film was a 30 minute documentary called Fil- Fools and Dreamers and um, I went along to the Auckland premiere of that a couple of months ago and it's about a a guy who's such good talent Hugh Wilson who's an old botanist and he's been living on a um, nature reserve that he helped create called Hinawai on the Banks Peninsula and when that piece of land was originally bought um it was back in the 1960s and um this is a sub story of a sub of a good story I've just realized um And he, they basically were wanting a regeneration project, and they want because the banks peninsula used to be completely forested, and it isn't, hasn't been great land for farming. It's been quite tough for the farmers and for the land, and there's been a lot of soil loss and just a lot of erosion and. People would love to see the Banks Peninsula more forested, but so many people have just felt like, oh, it's too late. Um, and we've sort of ruined that opportunity now. It's too hard to get the trees established again. And so him and his team set off to see if they could actually create a forest again um, over a huge block of land um, reaching from the ridges. You know how Banks Peninsula is an old volcanic Mm -hmm. area and actually like especially when you're from Auckland like the scale is just out of the ballpark here it's like we call all of our monga like mountains you know Mount Eden and stuff but you know the the scale there is huge so from these old uh, what used to be enormous mountains about I think, at least 10 times higher than what they are now. These are just rounded relics of what they are. Um, so from the top of those mountains down to the coast, um, sloping all the way down, he got this bit of land, and he said, we're going to use gorse to regenerate, because gorse is a nitrogen fixer. It's the big enemy of pastoral land farmers. It's why it's so demonized. Because Is that for
0: that reason? Yes. So when sorry, when you say fixes, do you mean it draws nitrogen out, like it uses it for food?
1: Uh, which stops? No, no. G- so it's so when you, to grow things, you you need nitrogen and carbon in the soil, and that's what composting is all about. You're grabbing a combination of those two things to create your compost. Okay. And uh, so you can do all of the hard work of getting. So nitrogen might be um, cow poo or seaweed or. Coffee or food um, waste—all are quite rich things. Um, So you can spend your time running around grabbing all these things. So you can have a great garden, or you can get some plants that fix nitrogen. Because what's the air made out of? Isn't it actually mostly nitrogen? Mm -hmm. It is, isn't it? I think. I think so. Isn't it like ninety three percent? Yeah. There's one, isn't it? That's huge. I think it's that one. Um, (laughs) Where's the geek now? Somehow we're missing the geek in the room. No,
0: anyway, Anyway, I don't know, anyway, (laughs) that's in
1: the atmosphere and and so that's what gorse and other nitrogen fixing plants do is they take the nitrogen right out of the atmosphere which plants usually can't do uh, and that's where they get their nitrogen from and then they make that available in the soil for all of the other plants and so gorse, because it's so prickly allows basically a nursery environment underneath it for the native seedlings to come up. Nothing can eat them, the, oh, the wind can't blow them get over. Shied away. Yeah, yeah. And so it's this really safe space. And then um, the the trees grow up and gorse can't survive in the shade. And so the gorse just all dies. Wow. Yeah. And that is
0: so interesting. So that's what, what and a so, cool cycle. Oh,
1: very cool. And so heaps of people use this now. Um as a as a really quick easy technique of restoring native forest, mm-hmm. and um, so the movie's called, or oh, the, the the documentary I should say, thirty minutes is called "Fools and Dreamers" because um, when he let the community know that that's the was planned, there was all these editorials in the paper. Like people were outraged, yeah. and I can understand uh, that farmers are going to be legitimately concerned that all of that seed gorse sea people sure. would be going over to their land. So yeah. I can see that there was a, a reasonable response. Uh, but now, what is that, uh, 40 years on, it's this gem of the community and, and there's this beautiful... Um, Connection now. Everybody loves it because it's a reserve for for everybody. Gorse and,
0: is like their nat- the, the, national the, or their regional emblem.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there um, there's waterfalls now because all the waters retain like the you know how trees just completely change a landscape. Yeah, and yeah. so what was a dry, harsh landscape is now just full of birds and beautiful waterways. It's something like I don't know, like a hundred waterfalls or something on the Hinamai Reserve, and it's wow. open to the public. There's so if you go down that way, you can. Um, go for walks. It was all
0: thanks to Gorse.
1: Yeah. And, um, the lovely Hugh Wilson. So anyway, that's an example (laughs) of, um, the sort of work that happen films do. Um, and just all, all of their work they do is, is awesome. And if you're looking, I thought I would include them in this segment because if you are looking for inspiration, there's, they've just got dozens of really cool stories. And you might be able to find a particular aspect of sustainability that you're interested in too. Um, there's uh, profiles on um, people, um, say their thing might be composting toilets or a family of five living zero waste or whatever. So, yeah, very cool.
0: That's so cool. It's so great that there's uh, basically production houses now just pumping out exclusively. I mean, especially for them doing good news stuff, mm, but just environmental mm, stuff mm, is good by itself. Mm, but mm. then the, the positive subset of that as a genre,
1: it's mm.
0: so what we need, eh?
1: Totally, totally. They did um, their, their last feature film was 2018 and it was Living the Change.
0: I remember seeing that. Have I you? didn't see the movie, sorry, but I seen the promo for it. Yeah,
1: um, Mike Joy, who we've had on the show, was mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, and yours truly. You're in it. Yeah, I was You're in a it. Your movie star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just quietly. Tim. That
0: is very cool. So, should we close the book on this positive episode?
1: I'm just feeling so brimming with positivity that I couldn't possibly fit anything more in.
0: I'm with you. Um, so this, this, we'll do more of this, eh? Yeah. This is good. It's, worked. it's good to discuss the wins. And to remind everyone of what is possible. We can do some big old things. Humans are cool. Humans are really cool. We've got to look up. Not down. That's right. I think I'm paraphrasing something Greta said, but I don't know. I've been getting pretty Greta heavy recently. (laughs) Absorbing a lot of videos. She's so cool. She's awesome. Uh, okay thank you very much for listening to this episode if you enjoy the podcast please join us on facebook at how to save uh, facebook.com slash how to save the world um chuck us a rating if you could on itunes or however you listen to us and uh tell a mate who might be interested in environmental or sustainability stuff um it's really useful for us to grow our numbers and get the word out there so it'd be lovely if you were part of that journey with us We will see you in the next episode. Until then, stay positive, live the change, change the world. Thanks again to our sponsor, Ecotricity, New Zealand's only provider of 100% renewable and carbon zero certified electricity. Find out how to switch your home or business at ecotricity.co.nz.